Welcome to the Coaching by Bell podcast, the podcast where each episode we feature women entrepreneurs, founders, and leaders in business. The podcast showcases a variety of interviews, coaching style conversations, and live coaching sessions. I am your host, Isabel Hertz. I am a business coach integrating past and present, bridging old stories with new intentions. I help people hear between the lines of their story, tap into insights, inner wisdom, and opportunities to hear their own voice as a means for change. Let's get listening. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for being here today. Thanks for having me. I'm excited about it. Me too. Well, so why don't we just dive right in and you can tell me what challenge you're bringing forward or what's on your mind today? Well, I started trying to create a business in 2016 and then I've been full-time for almost a year and a half. So in that experience, I've learned about myself that I'm a very go-with-the-flow person, but to a fault sometimes. And I wish that I had more discipline and motivation on a lot of days. To put it more specifically, it's like if I try to create a schedule or a deadline for myself and no one else is counting on me to get that thing done, then I struggle to stick to that schedule or that deadline. I will just do it when I feel like it. It's really like, do I feel inspired to do this today? Then I will be excited to do it. If I don't, I'm not going to do it. I'm like, I know you put that (laughs) as like a to-do item, but says who? And I will just wait until I feel excited about it. And I know that that's not, I'm not sure how much of that I should embrace and how much of that I should try to change. I know it affects my efficiency, my my consistency with my marketing, my rate of growth. I think it really does slow me down. And even though I know that I just, it's not enough to help me get past that blockage. When the time comes and I see that task, I know I need to be doing that today, but I'd rather do this other thing. So that that's typically what ends up happening. Now, if it's like a client project or like a marketing collab where someone else is waiting on me to, to deliver something, that works out fine. I don't really have an issue with that, you know, that kind of sums it up. So I'm going to make sure I understood correctly how you're defining this just to make sure that we're on the same page here. What I hear you stating up front is if there's not intentional accountability externally, that you notice that your motivation shifts depending on your day, your mood, your thoughts, your feelings, general surroundings will vary from moment to moment, really. Is that correct? Yeah, that sounds about right. You said, I don't know if I should care more about this or if I should create more structure or if I should do something about it. And then you followed it by saying, I know that it impacts me. I can see that it impacts me. And so I would say to the extent that this matters is to the extent that it impacts what you're trying to do. So the question that comes up for me is what is it that you're trying to do? So I would like to be able to rely on my future self. I would like to be consistent. I don't want everything to be so variable and up in the air. I want to be able to assign tasks to my future self and know that I can count on that plan. Mm-hmm. And that when this date comes, I know that when I can be expecting to move on to the next project, I guess I want more clarity as well with mm-hmm. that, because then I can see what's in the future and know that it's real instead of just some idea I had that isn't actually going to pan out. 
because my future self is just going to do whatever it feels like doing. It would be consistency and clarity and reliability. Consistency, clarity, reliability. In a larger picture, when we zoom out and you think about your work and why you you went out and created this business about a year and a half ago, were consistency, clarity, and reliability a part of the bigger mission for why you wanted to do the work that you do? Hmm. I'm not sure. I feel like it plays a part, whether I recognize it or not. That's kind of what I'm thinking at the moment. What I wanted was financial security, but also I wanted freedom to work the way that I wanted to work. That was kind of a huge thing for me. I think that's the core issue. That's It's like a core value of mine, and it's kind of butting up against this whole structure idea. And that's where I struggle with it. But I do think you can't just be all free all the time. And that doesn't provide a lot of security for myself. I want security and I want freedom. I think that's what I wanted when I was starting this thing. Actually, what I'm hearing is that there might be a little bit of a disconnect between fully integrating consistency, clarity, and reliability with your desire to have both flexibility and structure. So there's actually two moving pieces here that that I hear you talking about. One is that you're putting structure and flexibility at odds with one another. And so that creates that tension of how do you get work done? And then the other is that that's not connected to the consistency, clarity, and reliability. And so they're not working in tandem to support your ultimate goal, your ultimate dream, which it sounds like is to have this company that you can do work you love, but also have flexibility to do it how you want to do it. So if that's true, I would start with the flexibility and structure piece. What do you know to be true about your relationship with structure? I know that I get bored really easily. And I really think my biggest issue that comes to mind is just boredom. So I like my job because I have the choice to work on whatever I'm in the mood to work on that day, mm-hmm. like theoretically. That's why I haven't gotten bored of it after all these years of working at it. And whereas when I would hold a, a regular job, I'd get bored every you know three to six months and want to move on to a different job. So that's why I, I love this whole self-employment thing. What do you notice about when you get bored? Anything that's true consistently when you get into that place where you go, okay, I'm bored now. <laughs> I know that I quickly shift my attention to a different project. Other than that, I'm not sure. I mean, even that is interesting in hearing that because what comes up for me right away when I hear you say, I switched to another project, is that that accountability to yourself is sort of getting lost in the boredom, it seems like. And so you're saying, I want to know that I can rely on my future self. I want to know that I can come back to saying, okay, I wanted to complete my Christmas list. If we just make up a silly example here, and then you want to know that in looking back, you can say, okay, I completed my Christmas list. And so in the moment of boredom, I think there's an opportunity for you to get closer to understanding what it is that you're really bored about. And what I mean by that is what is the emotional place underneath it? What is the part of you really seeking in that moment Because my hunch here in this initial conversation is that it's not really about switching tasks. It's about rubbing up against something in what you're actually working on. It's something connected to you. Do you have a concrete example? And I can kind of show you what I'm 
Yeah. So a lot of the time it's like, I like blogging, but only when I like blogging. And so trying to get myself to, I, I wanted to say to agree, it's, it's literally like, I'm trying to like negotiate with myself, trying to get <laughs> my, myself to agree to doing that, you know, on the same day, let's say like every other week, that would be my, my goal that I still think is pretty re- realistic for me is tough because who knows how I'm going to feel when that day comes, if I'm going to be in the mood to write a blog post. And a lot of times the answer is no. So that's, that's a clear example that I run into a lot. That's perfect. So why do you write these blog posts in the first place? I enjoy teaching. So it's a way for me to do that. And it gets me more eyes on my business. Okay. Let's focus on the enjoying the teaching part. So when I think about motivation, when I talk with people about motivation, we talk about the intrinsic and the extrinsic motivation. So the extrinsic stuff is the stuff sort of outside ourselves. You hope that more people will be attracted to your blog and therefore your company. And it motivates you to see that they are, but ultimately, you know, you don't have control over if someone is going to love that piece of writing or not. But when they do, it feels good from an external perspective, right? That internal piece is the teaching. It feels good to help people learn and grow. It's more of that inside the experience of helping and supporting, right? Or guiding or teaching that is sort of not tangible (laughs) that you couldn't quite put your finger on, but you can feel the experience. And so linking what you're doing a little bit more to that part of your reason for blogging would likely help guide you to keep that motivation going. I suspect that in that moment, that piece might be getting lost a little bit when you're writing. So you're writing, you're writing, and then you get bored. And then what happens? Do you have like a conscious memory of what happens or what thought comes up in that boredom? Well, usually if I start the project, I will finish it because then I get inspired. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, I got to keep doing this because I'm excited about it. But the starting is the hard part. Mm -hmm. So I'll see it on my to-do list and I'm like, that doesn't sound interesting to me today, or that sounds hard. Usually that's what it is. It sounds hard today. Mm. So I'll do something that doesn't feel hard today. What is that hard? Mentally, physically, emotionally, where do you feel that experience? Where do you have that experience in your life, in your body, in your space? (laughs) So from what I can recall, it's more of a lack of feeling. So I don't get any spark when I see that on my to-do list. And so I'm like, nah, not today. Nothing's sparking. But also I did say it feels hard. So, I mean, there is something else there too. It seems to me, and you can tell me that this doesn't make sense on your journey, but it seems to me like that experience of something being hard, you've come up to that point before in your life previously, prior to running your business, most likely. Somewhere in your life, you came up to that experience of this being hard, of something being hard. And sort of wanting to step away because it felt a little sticky. I mean, I'm experiencing it from you as this is sticky. I'm going to go to something that my boots aren't getting stuck in the mud as much. (laughs) Yeah, that feels like a, a good way to describe what it feels like. Well, I don't know if this is helpful, but the one thing that came up when you were talking about that is my brain just instantly jumped to studying in school and how much that used to stress me out and overwhelm me. And now I'm very, very, very (laughs) 
anti-stress, like avoid stress at all costs, how I do things. That's how I run my business. Even if it's not always the best way to do things, I do try to avoid it. I hate that feeling. I want to believe that that's not necessary in life. Mm -hmm. And so I try to prove to myself that that's not necessary. This is totally relevant. I mean, as I hear you talking about it, what I hear is exactly the fight that you've been kind of having with yourself here. Flexibility, structure, flexibility, structure is exactly that story. Because we go to school, there's a lot of shoulds and there's a lot of structure around those shoulds. Traditional school does look a certain way. There's a certain amount of expectations that come with traditional structures and they don't work for everybody. And they never have, but that's just sort of how the system is set up. And so it seems to me when I hear that, I think, okay, well, it makes a lot of sense to me that you're actually sort of coming close to that in your own business where you're creating some structures for yourself and then you're walking away or running away from it because if you have to do that, then it's going to look the way that it looked when you were stressed at school before. It seems like it's a fear that you're going to have that structure and it's going to create that stress because that was the last memory of having structure and it worked in a particular way that it sounds like it didn't serve you at, at all. Your overall well-being, even if you maybe got good grades, it wasn't working for you. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I used to cry a lot in school, not in school, but when I was at home and like we would have an exam coming up. That's when I started getting migraines for the first time in my life having those deadlines that I just couldn't get out of. And I just had no choice. I just felt like I was trapped into doing this work that felt too hard for me. I had to always ask for tons of help from people. And then I felt guilty about taking up their time. And I just disagreed with the whole process. I shouldn't have to feel this way. I hear the emotion in your experience, just even as you're talking about it. I mean, you sound angry, frustrated, sad that you had to be in this system and the structure that just really didn't work for you. Do you feel that now? Yeah, it's coming up. What would you want to say to the younger you who had to walk through that experience? What would you say to her now? If you were there, what would you have wanted her to know? I don't know if it would help the young me at the time, but it helps now to know that's not how you have to live or operate to be successful. You're valuable. Even if this is hard for you, you have other gifts to offer the world. I feel energy just hearing you say that. I would stick with the, what you need to hear yourself say now, regardless of if it would be helpful for the younger you to hear, because the younger you is still in you right? That's the part of you that seems to be sort of fighting against this flexibility structure, approaching deadlines, getting things done, being accountable to yourself. So you are speaking to her vicariously through you today. Could you say that one more time, whatever parts of that you want to hold true and then carry that forward into your day-to-day -day as a reminder to yourself? Could you make this into something that you can easily remember or write it down or sort of have it as a little mantra for yourself? Yeah, I think I just figured out what I need to hear, how today is different than back then, because no one is forcing you to do anything that you're not already good at. I think that's the big difference from how mm -hmm. I felt then versus my life today. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You are not being asked to do something that you don't already know how to do, 
love to do, have joy from doing, have pleasure in doing, right? School is whatever you had to learn, math or science or English, or I don't know, whatever the the subjects were that you didn't like, you had to learn them anyways. I hated science. That (laughs) that probably gave me the most headaches. (laughs) I totally understand. There was so much memorization involved in all my science classes. (laughs) Don't talk to me about physics. But yeah, I mean, now I'm literally pursuing the things that I love. And even within that, I try to keep things enjoyable. So the, the marketing that I choose to do, I try to make sure that it aligns with something that I actually enjoy so that I can actually do it long term. There's a couple really powerful things in what you just said. So first is you heard your own voice. You listened to your own voice. What would you need to say to yourself? And you really validated that you can do it in a nutshell. You validated that you're worthy and that you can do it. And then through that, you came to this insight of realizing that you actually do deserve all of that validation. And it's all true because you're doing things now that you can do and that you're capable of doing. You're not being forced to do something that, like science that you it just, just doesn't click for you or you don't enjoy it or whatever it is. So if you take those two pieces and you look at now, you're here, you're working on something that you love and you think back to the example you gave me, you sit down at your desk and you're going to write something and then maybe you get a little rub against yourself. This is going to be hard. What could you say to yourself to create that internal sense of accountability and motivation, thinking about what you just shared? and the insight that you just had. I'm not sure how to sum this up in a nutshell just yet, so I'm going to talk through it. I've learned throughout learning to become a designer, and when I went to art school in college, this is the first time I learned that I am capable of way more than I think. So just because I don't know that I'm, you know, like have certain skills yet, if I try, I will surprise myself most of the time. Hmm. So I've proven that to myself in ways when it comes to creative aspects of what I do. So a lot of times if I feel discouraged when I'm about to start a new design project and I'm like, okay, I'm not a good enough designer. This is going to flop. I don't have any ideas yet. I don't know what I'm going to do. I just tell myself, chill out. You don't have to have that all figured out yet. I know that you will come up with something and I don't question it anymore because I've seen it be true so many times. If we look at the blog post example, I'll see the topic that I'm supposed to write about and I'm like, well, I don't know what I'm going to say about that. So I'm just not going (laughs) to... do it. Because thinking about that would just feel too hard because I'm going to be like treading through mud or something. And what I should be doing is the same thing I do when it comes to my design work and be like, look, I know you'll come up with something. All you got to do is just open yourself up to it. And then the ideas will come. Don't question it anymore because I've seen you do it over and over and over. There's a component in there of self-compassion and self-love. And then there's an element of experimentation of just giving yourself permission to experiment and not necessarily have the answer or to know what's to come. And it sounds like that creates that initial sort of hiccup is that you need to know, or you need to know what it looks like, or you need to know exactly how to write about this topic. And so maybe that part of the structure needs to be where you give yourself flexibility as opposed to creating it as a rigid structure. Because creativity actually often comes from having 
flexibility within mm-hmm. some sort of contained structure. Like I'm going to write for three hours and then see what comes up and get into a creative space. However, you get into your own creative space. So it seems like that might be really helpful. And even giving yourself permission to say, this was the topic I was going to write about, but look, I started writing and it's a totally different topic and I'm just going to go with it rather mm-hmm. than I'm not going to do any writing at all. Yeah. I think that's a good idea because then at least I'm, I'm moving forward. I'm moving my business forward. I'm getting things done and I'm staying on track. Absolutely. And what would it be like for you to sit down, say the topic is dogs and you start writing and you realize that you're going to write actually all about animals in general. (laughs) And you have that moment of realizing, okay, I'm writing about animals generally. Could you allow yourself to sit into that, to be flexible, to give yourself permission to not stay with the topic that you planned for? I think so, because I think I would be, I would still be seeing that as progress. And I feel like I would still be proud of that. Great. Uh, Something that might be important here, just to consider that's coming to mind as you're talking about this, is that as you walk through this process to bring the words of wisdom that you said to yourself now about your experience going through school, to bring that into the experience, to remind yourself that you're doing something that you love consciously. And why I say consciously is because unconsciously, you might still want to rub up against you and fight the structure or fight that you have to do this writing or that you think you should do it or that you think it will help grow your business. And all of that can be true. But just to consciously say, hey, Emily, I like being creative. I'm a good writer. I enjoy this. This is helpful. You don't have to do this. You've got this. You're worthy. You're valuable. Whatever else goes along with that to just consciously remind yourself so you can sort of change your relationship in the process with this experience that you have. That sounds good. What comes up for you now as we've talked through this a little bit? What honestly comes up is that I feel like I'm I'm already a very supportive person of myself, mm. which is why I've let myself be so free because I'm like, mm. you deserve this. It'll all work out a little overly supportive. So it's not going to be hard for me to cheer myself on in a new way and kind mm-hmm. of add that to my behavior. Are you okay with that? Or do you feel a little bit of a, a rub with that? Like I'm already kind to myself and it's too much so. And so is there a worry underneath there or something that, you know, you feel like you need more structure of some sort? Yeah. I don't know how, but I don't feel like there's resistance to that idea. I just feel like maybe it won't be enough. Mm. Another example would be, let's say my task today was I need to redesign the homepage on my website. I know it's super important, but maybe it just feels hard. It's the same old thing. I think I just need to practice like applying it to different scenarios. I already know I can do it. And I know once I get started, I'll enjoy it. And I know even if it feels like a monumentous task, so it's overwhelming before Mm -hmm. I get started on it. That's the other piece that we haven't touched on. So I guess we could look at that. Doing a blog post is so much more than just writing. You have to do so many things before you can actually hit publish on it. And that's the same thing with like, if I were to look at redoing the homepage on my website, so many things go into that. Mm-hmm. So it feels too big. If I broke it down, it wouldn't be as hard for me to like wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the other piece. Yeah, breaking it down is important. But again, when I hear you say that, 
that's also structure. That's also a structure piece. Seems like maybe breaking it down means looking at the structure that goes into the process of doing this. And it seems like that's where you sort of resist yourself is in that structure piece, in the have-tos of the structure, to be more specific. What I'm wondering right now as you're talking about this is where have you had a project that was large where you broke it down and you felt really successful walking through it, walking through the entire process from start to finish? Or have you? Have you had one? I recently created a sales page on my site and I told myself, your only task is to get the writing piece done. Don't worry about anything else after that right now. And when I did that, I felt so much more free to do what I needed to do because it felt so much smaller. It didn't feel like I was being crushed by this big task. So I felt clarity and freedom and stuff, even though I, I mean, I was giving myself something to do, but it was just a completely different feeling. And then after I did that, I was so inspired that I just finished the whole rest of the page. Like I did all the design and the photos and everything because I was on a roll. I felt great about it. But if I tried to do that from the beginning, I would have put it off for weeks. It's a great example. If I go back to the boots in the mud situation, and we were talking about you filled in the mud with more dirt so that it was a solid ground to stand on. And then in having a solid ground, you could run as opposed to staying stuck right in the mud. So if you take that example, how could you apply that to doing a blog post? or any of these other situations that you've brought up to any of them or all of them, what part of that could you bring forward to break it down into bite-sized chunks to create a structure that works? I think when I have been the most efficient with getting a blog post done is when I told myself, look, just come up with the outline. You don't have to write the whole thing today. And usually what ends up happening is the whole thing gets done. But If I just tell myself, just come up with the outline, just figure out some of the talking points, then that feels easier to get started. That's great. So in your process to create structure, what seems to work really well for you is when you just think of the first or the first and second step, and then it gives you that intrinsic motivation and that drive to work on whatever you're working on. And it sounds like so much so that you don't even need to have the third, fourth, and fifth step mapped out at all because you just do it automatically. You know, sometimes people want to write every single step, pre-plan all of them. For you, it sounds like just get one or two down and it will give you that momentum that you need and give yourself the permission to say, okay, I'm just going to do one and two today or this afternoon or this week or whatever it is. And then see what happens. And when you see what happens, it sounds like you get the whole thing completed anyways. It's not an issue. It's the big picture gloom. I have to get this done. I have to, I have to, which is in the should family, right? It's the must do this. It's the study for this exam so that you can write this test. It's that same should family that doesn't work for you. Whereas if you take it as a study opportunity and you say, I'm just going to make flashcards today, then it sounds like it goes really well for you in terms of how you approach it. I know that when I start something, I would rather just sit there and do and work on it until it's done. That just feels 
fun and bright. Like that's the way Mm -hmm. I want to do things. So that's why it's kind of hard to convince myself sometimes, oh, just work on the the first and second step (laughs) because I'm like, you know, that's not what's going to happen. And then I can let myself get overwhelmed by seeing all of that ahead of me. You have to honor that you know how you work, but you also have to honor the part of you that needs something structural to get you going. Both have to be true. Your flexibility, your desire to have flexibility is a part of you and it's a part of your motivation from the sounds of it. It's a part of what even drew you to create your business. So you have to honor that. And it sounds like there's a part of you that appreciates structure and a certain amount of it. And so it's just using it to your benefit rather than it using you. Does that resonate for you? Can you remind me what you're seeing where I'm thriving off of structure a little bit? Yeah. So when you gave the example of adding the sales page to your website, you broke it down to say, just do the writing. Just do the writing and then you automatically just let it flow and you continue to work on that page anyways. So I would say, don't fool yourself and say, you're not going to do anything else today, but just set that initial intention, that step one up in the structure. Allow yourself to have that much structure just to create some motivation inside yourself to work on whatever you need to work on. You know, whatever blog post you want to write or whatever project you want to work on. So it's just about seeing the flexibility and seeing the structure as supporting each other. They Mm -hmm. go hand in hand. They're not opposites. They can work collaboratively. They're friends. They can get through the dirt together. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. And also the other thing I'm observing is kind of interesting to me is that when you say like, I am easygoing with myself, I allow myself to have this flexibility, like it will be no problem to be kind and, and compassionate towards myself. There's a difference between doing that in a passive way and doing that in an active way. And so it seems like you're doing it in a little bit of a passive way where you're like, things will just work out the way that they're supposed to, as opposed to really honoring that part and the part of you that says, well, but I have dreams and I have goals and I have intentions and I have desires and I have these projects that I'm actually really excited about working on because I want to grow my business. I want to help people. I want to help them grow their businesses, right? So it's integrating these parts of yourself more deeply so that you can do things more fully. So you can be sort of easygoing and and flexible, right? That you can hold that, but in a more active way. And that structure seems like it creates just enough accountability to make you more active in it Mm -hmm. rather than passive in it. So I I observe that as you you talk about all, all of this and we sort of put the pieces together. No, yeah, that's definitely true. I've often felt that I'm too easy on myself for my own good. It's hard trying to find a balance between like, I don't want to be too hard on myself. That is like what I'm definitely avoiding. I don't want to turn into those people that don't know how to slow down or get their worth tied up in their achievements. That's something that I try to avoid it. But then I I swing too far in the other direction. Okay. So how do you guide them to talk to one another? Let's just use two polar examples here. Which ones are most 
loud in your head right now? When I talk about both in your own words, which one is is speaking to you most? The word ease, ease and comfort. If anyone ever asks like, oh, what, what are your core values? What do you value? That's like the first thing that just like blurts itself out. Okay. So on one hand, ease and comfort and on the other side, achievement. Okay. I'm going to suggest starting with the achievement because it seems like the structure and achievement side is where the rub happens. You said I can kind of stay in that ease and comfort space because I don't want to become someone who overworks or is like all achievement driven. Is there something outside of school that comes up for you as a really strong memory about somewhere that you had to achieve something or you felt you had to achieve something? You felt that it was a should for a lack of better way of saying it. No, but something else came up. I never felt like I was pushed too hard as a kid. I think my parents sort of taught me to be easy on myself because they would not hold me to the same standard as my brother who was a straight A student. They would hold me to my standard. And I really appreciate that. And I think that's where I learned to do that with myself. But my dad worked way too hard his whole life. Did not get to enjoy much. He worked odd hours so he couldn't be around his family. And when he was, he was not himself because he didn't get good rest. And then he had to retire early because his body physically couldn't do it anymore. In my opinion, that's like not a life. And I know that's such a privileged thing to say, and I'm acknowledging that. However, that is how I, that is how like my psyche just drives me. It's just like away from that. What was it like for you as a kid to watch your dad push, 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 go, 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 and to not have him around much? I felt like we were missing out on a lot of joy because he is such a joyful person to be around when he is well-rested. And so I felt like he was robbed of that and we were robbed of, of the real him and the joyful him. And do you still feel that way? Well, he literally just recently retired and he has been the real him ever since. And it's been really nice. So it doesn't feel true today that you're being robbed of the joy that your dad has to offer. But that experience was true before. Yeah. Is it possible that this fear that you'll become someone who's just achievement driven is tied to your experience with your dad being that kind of person? I don't really feel like I have someone close to me who was achievement driven So I wouldn't say that that necessarily applies to him, but I don't know, maybe it does in a different way than what I would think of it. But it's the overworked thing. That's Mm -hmm. that's him because he did a job that he was only concerned about providing, which is, of course, a blessing. But it was not a job that he enjoyed. He did not get to follow his dream. Mm -hmm. He just did a blue collar job that literally just paid the bills, you know, and that's something that I, I think is unfortunate. Yeah. And it sounds like you don't want to have your life be that way. You want to do something that's fulfilling and rewarding. And when you talked about it, you said, I know that this is something that's a privileged thing to say, that you can have a job that you even really love more than it just being something that you have to do. It's not just some the job that you go to because you have to do it. I wonder if there's a part of this that's about being able to just honor that you see this as a privilege to be able to do the thing that you love. And that when you can fully just accept that 
this is how you want to go through the world in this way that maybe that will free you a little bit to truly love doing your work and not have a story attached to it that you have to be privileged in order to love what you do. When you talk about it being a privileged thing, you acknowledge that it's a privileged thing. Is it possible that that belief that you have that it's privileged to love what you do is impacting you loving what you do? (laughs) Hmm. Let me think about that. I think it's possible that it has something to do with me not taking it as seriously as maybe other business owners would the way that it seems like they are so disciplined. And it's like, if I make a marketing plan, that marketing plan is going to happen. And I'm just like, how do you do that? (laughs) And day to day, it feels like the way I'm operating is more for enjoyment and not for business. So there may be an element there where I'm, I'm not taking it as seriously as a job. That's the belief, I think. And there might even be a couple beliefs here, but it seems like there's a belief that you're working less hard somehow. It's not a a real job or something because you said job in quotes here. And so that you can be fulfilled in the work that you do, that that's okay to give yourself permission to say, I can be fulfilled in the work that I do and I can really love it almost all the time, you know, maybe 95% of the time because you have 5% taxes or something that you, you know, just don't really love to do as a small business owner. But it seems like not allowing yourself, that's the belief is I can't just enjoy what I do. I have to do this more business-like, quote unquote, in order to have this be real work. Because I saw the real work that my dad did, and this isn't real work. That's the piece connected to the privilege. When you said the word privilege, it seems like there's something under there for you. Mm. Well, I don't have it all figured out yet, but I know the, the reason I said that is because I can sometimes feel guilty talking about what I do and then asking for the money that I ask for from people as clients. And then knowing that not everyone is in the position to be able to do this, why I feel the need to point that out. What would become possible for you if you could not feel guilty asking for the money that you ask for and accept that not everyone can have what you have and that not everyone can afford to hire you and have your services and that that's okay. (laughs) I think I would be more confident, not second guessing myself uh, and my prices. And I mean, that's a different conversation that that is something that I've been working on for a while. So I feel like I'm, I've made a lot of progress there Mm -hmm. where I, I really did used to think like, Oh, well, my mom enjoyed what she did as a teacher Mm-hmm. And she made like no money. My dad didn't enjoy what he did and he made great money. So I can't have it both ways. Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not sure other than just kind of like, I think less fear, you know, what would happen if I asked for more money and then probably it would open me up to a lot more growth business wise. In a simplified version, if you could see, you can make money, you can make a career out of your business and you can enjoy it that both are possible, that then you can let go of some of the fear. And in letting go some of the fear, likely actually grow your business in the way that you want to grow it. You know what? Yeah. And I think the fear, like you mentioned earlier, when I'm faced with structure, I do feel that fear of if I force myself to do this, then I'm going to stop enjoying my job. And I don't want to be that person. 
recognizing that that's what I'm feeling in the moment and being like, oh, well, I mean, I get why you feel that way, but that's not really how things work. I mean, with this business that you've created, that really doesn't happen hardly ever. And so, you know, it's okay to follow this structure that you've created because that is what's going to allow this to be a real business Mm -hmm. that grows and has real numbers behind it and makes real impact. And you will still feel, even with that structure around you, you will still feel what you feel right now, which is flexibility and enjoyment and creativity and freedom. So those are the two things supporting each other. And I think it's just dispelling that fear in the moment that if you follow this structure, you're not going to turn into someone who hates their job. Absolutely. Yeah. What's it like to hear you say that out loud to yourself? It feels like a revelation and like a light bulb went off. Yay. (laughs) That's so awesome. And And it feels like comforting. Yeah. I feel you more with yourself when I heard you say that. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's a really important part to carry forward in really all of these pieces that you're talking about. The core is to talk yourself through it, to recognize where this is coming from, even if it might seem sort of like this distant thing that happened in your life that doesn't have a connection. It's walking through it and seeing how it may be impacting you now, and then allowing yourself to change the story that you're saying to yourself and that you're you're telling yourself. And I've already seen it to be true just because I bring in more money now than I did when I had regular jobs. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, I know it's possible, but it's like, you can't, If you allow yourself, you could be stuck with that fear forever that if you continue to grow, it'll show up. That realization one day that you're like, I'm overworked, I'm tired, I don't like what I'm doing anymore. That's the fear. Like it could show up at any time if I continue to grow. Mm. So I think I'm just going to have to continue talking myself down and looking at what's actually the reality, the evidence that I have to look back on. And also knowing how just who I am. And that's, probably something that I wouldn't let happen anyway. I would be resisting it the whole time. So like, how is that going to (laughs) happen? Absolutely. You know, and sometimes it just takes consciously having conversations like this too, to come back to, okay, where am I now? Where do I want to be? Where do I fear going? Why? You know, and just being able to take that time for yourself, because this is for you to just really walk through it. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you for being here. And I hope it was helpful. It was very helpful. Thank you. We appreciate you tuning into the Coaching by Bell podcast, created and hosted by Isabel Hertz Coaching. This podcast is made possible by the support of our listeners, community, and guests. To learn more about how to donate or to contact us about guest suggestions or anything else, head over to www.isabelhertz.com. That is I-S-A-B-E-L-L-E-H-E-R-T-Z.com. Every story shared has the possibility to unlock greater potential. Coaching by Bell does this one story at a time. Thanks for listening.